I didn't pick that. We was talking about this the other day on Thanksgiving. I had some family over. <laughs> I'm out of town. Horatio Spafford wrote, It is well with my soul. It's commonly misconceived that Philip Bliss did, but Philip Bliss, as you'll look in your hymnal on the right-hand side, is who wrote the music. He wrote the music. He had a hard life. That fellow's wife was with him on a train. He wrote several songs, and, and it went off in a ravine. It was a fiery crash, and he escaped the train, and then he went back into the train to retrieve his wife and his family and his whoever he could, and he perished. He died, but a trunk made it out. And there was some songs and some hymns we sang in our day, but Horatio Spafford wrote this. And if, if you take a bold, dogmatic statement, something the Lord says, he's going to prove it to you. If you say, I believe the Lord, you're about to find out. He's going to prove to you his word. Horatio Spafford's family was traveling on a, he'd sent them from Chicago, big fire, come as wealthy man of Chicago, sent them to England. And him and his, his, or his wife and his daughters all perished. They drowned. And then he had, on the, he had to take the same route on a boat over to England to bury him. And while he was on that boat, he wrote this song. It's well with my soul. Is it? You about to find out. The Lord's going to prove himself to his children. Not to everybody, but to those that are his. Well, I'm, my faith's strong. <laughs> if it's his, it is. And he's going to prove to you ain't got none. <laughs> and it's his. He sustained it. That is, and he prayed that his faith fail not. That's precious, isn't it? I like that song. Lord's proved some things to me over the years. <laughs> Just to some announcements uh, here real soon. It's close to us now. December 7th, we won't have any midweek service. Um, Kierman and I was, Lord willing, going to leave the evening of the 5th. But uh, that next weekend, December 11th, Brother Marvin Stavrinkor will be here to preach. Him and uh, Glenda's coming. Uh, I'm going to sort our motels out tomorrow. I just got this itinerary, and uh, he's had a request for somebody to drop him off, but uh, we may need somebody to pick him up, but I'll let you know uh, from the airport. He's coming in Saturday and then leaving out that Monday morning. Uh, the following Wednesday, December 14th, Brother John Reeves will be here uh, to preach for us. And then, uh, as the Lord's pleased, Kimberly and I will come back that Friday, and we'll be here for services as normal the 18th. So uh, I'm thankful for that, that the Lord's blessed us, for us to preach the gospel to another continent. That's what he's chose you for. That's what he's, chose, that's what he's put in our hand to do. I'm thankful for that. I pray he uses us. Give us his word. All right, for our morning message, Psalm 28. Psalm 28. <clears throat> I would like for you to pay attention as I read, if you'll read along with me. Here in Psalm 28, David is praying to the Lord. He makes his requests known. And then the Lord hears David. And the Lord gives peace to David, to this turmoil that's in his life. And after this petition to be heard, and this petition for the Lord to speak to him, and why, why he needs the Lord to speak to him, it turns into praise. Has that ever happened to you? <laughs> Have you ever prayed to the Lord? Lord, hear me and, and, and speak to me. Like, I don't want you just to, I heard you. You speak to me, speak to my heart, speak peace to my heart. 
And then that turns into, real quick, it turns into praising him. Your petitions turn into praise. Is that happening to you? It's happening to me. While this prayer is coming from David's heart, it turns into praise. And then, at the end of it, there's a respectful request. I worded that very, I spent 15, 20 minutes on how to word that. I put it in quotations in my notes. He has a respectful request at the very end. Now read with me. Psalm 28, verse 1. Unto thee will I cry, O Lord, my rock. Be not silent to me, lest if thou be silent to me, I become like them that go down into the pit. That's our nature. If you let me go, if you're silent, if your word doesn't sustain me, I'm going down. That's God taught. And I'm, that doesn't feel good. It sounds good in a seminary. Like, well, total depravity sounds so elegant until you're totally depraved. There's, there's tissues involved. Do you understand? This is messy. And David said, if you don't speak, I'm going down. Just like a rock. If you're, if you're at Myrie Pit, it's just straight down. We was in a cave this past week. Had a 470-foot drop. If I let go of a rock, what's it going to do? Well, gravity's going to take over. And that's natural. Like a rocket to the bottom. He said, I become like them that go down into the pit. Hear the voice of my supplications, verse 2. When I cry unto thee. He's crying, isn't he? When I lift up my hands toward thy holy oracle. What's a holy oracle? That's a holy of holies. How does he lift up his hands? Let me tell you, this is common hogwash. <laughs> this is common shampoo for hogs. Hello, Father. Lift up. What did that, that, that sinner, that publican in the temple that prayed unto God, he wouldn't so much lift up his eyes. Mankind, this ain't a public show of religion where people wave their hands. This ain't, rock, this ain't Rolling Stones concert. You understand that? That ain't what he's talking about. My hands are empty. That's what our hands are. My nature, I'm empty. I, I have nothing to come into your holiest of holies. But what do we just look at? What did Rebecca send Jacob with, dressed in like his brother? Bread in one hand, savory meat in the other. The only thing I have to your holy of holies is the Holy One of Israel. His person and his work. That's it. That's all I can do. He said, hear the voice of my supplications when I cry unto thee, when I lift up my hands toward the holy oracle. Draw me not away with the wicked, with the workers of iniquity, which speak peace to their neighbors, but mischief in their hearts. There are some people that speak peace to their neighbors, don't they? And they got mischief in the heart. I'm going to say something kind about them, but this is on purpose. Oh, it's conniving, isn't it? A serpent's tongue. It's a forked tongue. I'm talking about both sides of the mouth. That's what it said in eastern Kentucky. It's a forked tongue. They speak peace to their neighbors. Oh, hello. And that the octaves go up. <laughs> it just gets so sweet as sugar, you get diabetes if you hear them talk. <laughs> but mischief in their hearts. There's another nature there. Another motive, isn't it? Some are drawn away from the Lord. Aren't they? Given to what? Strong delusions. He said, I'll give them strong delusions. And you know what that is? Is that heroin? No, it's not. Is it fentanyl? No, it's not. Is it prostitution? No, it's religion. Religion. Title. Power. Garments. Position. 
Do you know who I am? Somebody asked me one time, I said, you going to tell them folks who had some visitors? Are you going to tell some folks you're the preacher? They'll figure it out real quick. I ain't got to tell nobody that. My name's Kevin. You call me Kevin. It's my name. Comma, I happen to be the pastor here. That's, just, that's my job. Uh, don't call me by my other job. It might embarrass my children. People are giving strong delusions. They're giving strong wine of Babylon in the religion. They just don't, don't let that happen to me. Verse 4, give them. Those that desire those things, those that seek offices, those that, the founders convention. I saw it on a website the other day. They're having a founders. What did you found? The gospel? Get out of town, man. I don't want to go to that. Give them according to their deeds. That's what they want. Give it to them. What did the Lord say? They shall have their reward. You want titles? You want fancy garments? You're going to get it, and that's all you're going to get. Give them according to their deeds. And according to the wickedness of their endeavors, give them after the work of their hands. Render to them their desert or their deserved end. Because, why? What's the source of all that? They regard not the works of the Lord. They regard their own works. They're going to do something. They accepted. They chose. They picked the right truth. I know that's truth because I... Spurgeon said so. No, it's the truth because God said so. You get to have getting into man worship pretty quick and in a hurry, isn't it? Give them the work after their hands, render them their desert, because they regard not the works of the Lord nor the operation of his hands. He shall destroy them and not build them up. They regard not the works of the Lord. Do you regard the works of the Lord? Do you regard his grace? Do you regard his love towards an unlovable people whose natural instinct was just going down to the bottom of the pit, like gravity, pulling us? Do you regard the Lord that gave a new nature, the Lord that gave a new heart? We are his workmanship, is what the scriptures say. Do you regard that? Who is he that condemneth those that do regard? I regard that there's a sovereign God of heaven and earth and everything you can ever imagine. And he rules and reigns and he's holy. Everything he does is true. And that's what we looked at the last hour, brother against brother. We, we have, well, I'll get to it here in a minute. We have a dear brother that's just ate up with cancer. I got to talk to him the other day. And as far as man's logic is, he ain't got long left on this earth. God gave him that. He's too young. That's vanities that's a lie and that's not knowing god lord's right that's who that's who we regard the one that does right one that's holy and gracious and is loving isn't it do you regard that put everything else out of your mind and concentrate on christ we've come into this house and gathered in his name to worship him so forget about yourselves and concentrate on him and worship him. Regard him. Now verse 6. Blessed be the Lord. What was he doing? Wasn't he just begging, Lord, don't leave me? You punish those that are against you. Blessed be the Lord because he hath heard the voice of my supplications. How do I know he has? It says hath. I mean, he always has. He heard me right now and he's going to hear me because I'm his. What changed? How do we know that he's heard me and he is hearing my voice and my supplications? 
How can I know that? How did David know that? How can you know that? Because we regard the person and the work of Christ. Woe is me. <laughs> now I'm woeful. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's what I am. But when I see him and his workmanship and who he is, well, he's heard me. He spoke to me, Christ. What did Christ come preaching? Christ. We regard the person and work of Christ. That's too simple, Kevin. Oh, really? Well, if you're weak, if you're fearful, and you're depressed, look to Christ. Look to him. And you'll either be strengthened in him, you'll be confident in him, and you'll be content in him, or you'll be enraged by who he is and what he did. There is no, uh, there ain't no other side of the fence. This ain't a wide fence you can sleep on top of for eternity. You're either going to be on one side of it or on the other side of it, period. Man can put a pacifier in his mouth and cry that the hills are on fire and every little conspiracy theory you can dream up in a bad imagination on this earth to, to be a pacifier to make us think of something else other than the holy God we offended. But you either find comfort in Christ, strength in him, wisdom in him, contentment in him, and that's your only joy. Or you'll cling to the vanities of this world and cuss it. We that have been given a new life, that he's put life in, that regards the Lord. We regard his body that was prepared for him. We regard his virgin birth. He has to be made like his brethren, but he can't have the same father I have. His perfect life, his shed blood, his ascension, where he is now, and what he's doing there, his intercession. He's ascended and he intercedes. When we regard that, the child of God will praise him. We'll praise him and we'll be thankful. We'll be strong. <laughs> that's rich. That's, that's valuable. And we'll be content. We'll be joyful in that. And this is personal. Did you know that? When the Lord spoke to Abraham, he said, Abraham. When he spoke to Jacob, he said, Jacob. That's one on one. This ain't a fact that's floating out in the air. This is personal. Lazarus come forth. Noah, you found grace in my sight because I told you about it. Saul, Saul, to you, to each and every one of you. He calls his by name. This is personal. It's personal. If he's alone on a deserted island, this is personal. It's the gospel's the truth. Look here in verse 7. The Lord is my strength. He's all strength, isn't he? Yeah, but he's my strength. And he's my shield. I ain't got no other shield but him. Well, he's the only true shield. Well, yeah, I know. He's mine. My heart trusted in him. And I am helped. Who's helped? I am. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiceth. And my song will I praise. With my song will I praise him. Whose song? My song. He gave it to me. He taught me the song. I sang it to him. It's about him. And I'll praise him. All the children of God do the same thing, don't they? That's personal. It's personal. It's ain't a cold, dead-letter doctrine. It's personal. You have to say that about you. God has to speak that to your heart. I can say it to you until I'm blue in the face. He has to speak that effectually to the heart of his people. It's personal. And it's the same for you as it was for me if he spoke to you. You say amen. That's right. Look here in verse 8. The Lord is their strength. Well, I thought you said he's my strength. Yeah, he's their strength too. Ain't no different. Your strength ain't different than my strength, you who believe. The Lord is their strength. And he is the saving strength of his anointed. Who's this for? God elected the people before time in Christ. 
I want to say something, but I hope this just wake you up. Let's get your attention. You ready? I hope I never preach election. As long as God's with me, I hope I never preach election. I hope I preach that all men deserve death and that God of all grace elected some to be made like his son. I hope I preach the God of election, the God who elects, not election. I don't want to preach just a doctrine. I want to preach a person. I'll read you something. It's a little lengthy, but stay with me. This is, I find it hilarious, but I got a weird sense of humor in this. This is 170 years ago. It's entitled The Art of Preaching. It's by J.C. Philpot. He lived from 1802 to 1869. He said, We are overrun with a shallow, superficial ministry which is destitute of all life, savor, and power. A dry, dead letter scheme of doctrine as mathematically correct as the squares of a chessboard, it prevails where what is called truth is preached. And to move Bible text on the squares as pawns is called the art of preaching. How simple is truth? That's complicated, isn't it? How simple is truth? Man's misery, God's mercy. The abounding of sin, the superabounding of grace. The depths of the fall and the heights of the recovery. The old man, the new man. The diseases of the soul, the balm of the Savior's blood. These lessons are learned in the furnace of inward experience. This ain't mathematically correct moving doctrine of Bible verses on a chessboard. This is experience in the heart. It's personal. How different from the monkish austerity of the ritualist, the lip service of the Pharisee, and the dry Calvinistic formulary. What a dreadful lack is there of true preaching. Now, I look around and see so few men qualified to feed the church of God. We are overrun with parsons, with preachers. But, oh dear, what are they? There's preachers everywhere you turn. <laughs> everywhere. He said, I cannot but attribute the much of the low state of the churches to the ministers. It's their fault. As goes the pulpit, so goes the pew. Why is this state and this nation in such a horrid wretch of a situation that we're in? And it's like we're living in a cartoon. There's nonsense going on left and right. It has abandoned completely the word of God. Why? Nobody stood on their hind two legs and told folks. You don't know what you don't know. He says, Ezekiel 34, I recommend you go read that sometime. Ezekiel 34 is a true picture of the false shepherds. Mm. It's a shameful thing. Isn't it? I hope I never preach election. I hope I preach the God's election of the people in Christ person of him health wealth and prosperity if i'm healthy and wealthy what's prosperity we know what health is don't we that ain't sick we know about what wealth is that ain't poor what's prosperity that's a thriving condition you know what we call it in our generation happiness happiness the pursuit of happiness isn't it? this does not only need to be said this needs to be written down and read often god's people they get sick God's people, some of them, are financially poor. And God's people, many of them, many of them, I dare say most, this one, gets depressed, gets sad, and gets downtrodden. Ought we? Uh, no. <laughs> Do we? Yep. Yeah, we have afflictions in the body. We have afflictions in the mind, in the heart, and, and afflictions in the pocketbook. 
It happens. That happens to God people. Well, like, how could you say such things, Kevin? I'm just telling you what the Lord told you. Didn't it? He said, these things I've spoken to you that you might have peace. I'm telling you all this stuff so you can have peace. He said, in the world. In this body I'm living in right now in Amul, California in 2022. You shall have, not you might. He's speaking to his people. His people shall. That means it's guaranteed it's going to happen. Have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. We're going to see him, ain't we? Sometimes believers are dealing with only one of those three. They might have sickness. They may be broke or they may be sad. Sometimes they might have their health, but they may have two of them. They may be broke and sad. <laughs> Any combination. Sometimes they're all three. They're sick, they're poor, and they're depressed. But those that are at their lowest, what the world considers lowest, if you cut them down all the way deep to that new heart that's put in them, and that new man, that new heart, it's younger, it's smaller, and it's less mature than the old man. The old man has been around for a long time, a lot longer. That new man, if you cut all the way down to it, it's content, it's strong, it's healthy, and it's joyous, it's prosperous. It ain't just rich, it's wealthy. <laughs> wealthy. The body may be broken, the bank account might be broke, the mental state may be broken, but deep down, a believer's content, steady, and they are eternally healthy and lively. They are. How? Christ is all those things to his people. That's how. That's the only way we could be. The body, this, this body, this present evil world, it does not matter if we behold him. If, he, if we petition him and he hears us and he has a word for us, he's mindful of us, nothing else matters. Yeah, but I'm real poor. It don't matter. Well, I'm real sick and I'm in pain and I'm grief. It don't matter. I'm sad. I don't care. If you see him, it won't matter. It won't. He's our health. He's our wealth. And he is our everlasting joy. Turn to Psalm 42. I want you to see this. This was precious to me. Psalm 42. Does that mean we want to be sad? Does that mean we want to be broke? Does that mean we want to be sick? Of course not. <laughs> There's contentious people in this world that will butt. There are goats that will butt anything. They'll hit each other. They'll hit trees. They'll hit electric fences. It don't make a difference. They'll butt, 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 butt. Of course not. That's foolish. We don't desire those things. But Christ is all these to the believer. Here's Psalm 42, verse 11. Psalm 42, 11. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him. Of a physical disease, he's going to do it. There's something a little worse than physical disease, isn't there? He gives us physical disease that makes us diseased. <laughs> That's what the word means, diseased. You were at ease, and now you ain't. You have a disease, and he heals that. Maybe in the flesh, maybe not. Maybe it does in the flesh, maybe it doesn't. I've heard some people say before they were <laughs> requesting complete and total healing. That sounds super churchy, don't it? What's that mean to a child of God? What's that really mean in real world, real world terms, in God's language? God, kill them and take them home. That's what you're asking. To be completely and totally healed, God, kill my brother or my sister and take them home. 
That's what you ask her. My mother laid in a, a home by herself, a care facility. She just had a quadruple bypass, and she was alone. And sometimes she was in 1974, and sometimes she was in 2020. And I said, Lord, she's yours. Kill her and take her home. And you know what happened? She was plum healed. Plum healed. She was made like Christ, who is our health. <laughs> who cures our diseases? As an elder, I was thinking of an elderly believer that was in a car wreck, and they're just banged up so bad, and their, their grandkids are grown. You know what I mean? Like what the Lord's putting their hands done, and they believe the Lord, and their body's just miserable and beat up. Lord, take them home. Completely and totally heal them. Our brother D's has cancer. If the Lord's pleased to take him home soon, he's not going to die from cancer. He's going to be healed of his cancer. You get that? This world's what's death. This world's what's sickness. Why do people get sick? Because they're sinners. <laughs> they don't think so. They think it's because of me. <laughs> or you, or germs. <laughs> ah, it's sin. He's the one that heals us. He's our health. We hope the Lord's pleased to give us physical health and have strength to the end like Moses did. Be strong in our old age. But that's not what's needed. There's one thing needful, isn't it? Christ who is our health. He's the What about wealth? He's our wealth. What did Paul tell the church of Ephesus? All the unsearchable riches of Christ. Peter said that. He said, oh, this is more precious than gold. You think gold's precious? He's more precious than gold. The Lord said to Abram, came to him in a vision, spoke to him personally, didn't he? And he said, fear not, Abram. Why? Because he's scared. He's sad. He's depressed. And he was weak. He said, fear not, Abram. I am thy shield, and I am thy exceeding great reward. We know Ephesians 1 so well, but let's look at it. Maybe the Lord will show it to us anew this morning. Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1, we'll begin in verse 3. <clears throat> Ephesians 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. What's, what's, what's something valuable to you? You like your car? You like your house? You like your children? You like your mommy and daddy? Brother and sister, your husband and wife? Are they more valuable to you than being holy and without blame before the holy God in love? If, if the Lord's taught you the value of your soul, that's more wealthy. That's, that's a greater rich, riches. It is. Look down verse 11. In whom we have also, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance. What's our inheritance? being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Predestination has something to do with being conformed to the image of Christ. I explained it to a friend of mine one time. He said, I can't believe you believe that stuff. And I said, well, it's in the scriptures, and it means we're going to be made like Christ. You got a problem with that? Well, <laughs> he did. That was why he's mad. 
He valued his riches was his knowledge and his understanding more than the application of the facts on that chessboard, more than the person that we're made like, the person that we're in the presence of. Verse 13, in whom ye also trusted. The Father trusted in him first, and we trust in him too. After that ye heard the word of truth. You didn't trust him until somebody preached to you. The gospel of your salvation. In whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance. What do we have until the redemption of that purchased possession? What do we have now, the earnest, the down payment, the upfront money? We have his spirit with us. Christ dwells in us. He dwells in his people. <laughs> what about contentment and joy? He's our riches. He's our health. What about joy? What about contentment? Turn over to Isaiah 55. Paul told us in Romans. Well, you turn to Isaiah 55. Paul told us in Romans 15, Now the God of Hope, fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. He prayed that earnest to come to us. We'd have joy and contentment in him. Got Isaiah 55? Look here in verse 10. Isaiah 55, 10. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So, just after that, like that happens, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. For ye shall go out with joy. How can, how can, I have, how can you turn a frown upside down? God's got to send it to the heart. He has to speak. His word has to go forth. I can read that all day long. It's like an Ethiopian eunuch, but how can, unless a man tells me, somebody's got to preach to me. Somebody did. <laughs> man stood up, was real loud. He was a big fella. He's bigger than me. And he yelled real loud one day and told me who God was and who I am. And all of a sudden, like that seems so offensive. No, that was joyous. That's good news. That's called gospel. <laughs> gospel. For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. There's peace with it. What's going to happen if that does? You're just going to agree that that's the right doctrine? The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the fields shall clap their hands. All the birds are going to sing sweeter than they've ever sang before because they're his birds, and we know him now. You see them trees? You know how many leaves are on those trees? He does. Man don't know. We can estimate. How many grains of sand are in the sea? He knows. That's how many his people is going to be. Can you imagine that? No, he can. Oh, it's, his creation's sweeter. His providence is sweeter. I'm sick. Good. I'm thankful. Lord's using that. It says in verse 13, Instead the thorn shall come up the fir tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that it shall not be cut off. If he speaks that peace to the heart and gives you that joy and he heals you and gives by giving you a new nature and he is your only riches, he's the only thing that's valuable, it'll never be taken away from you. That's great news. It'll never be taken away from you. No matter what, 
You can't undo what God's declared done. People say that's too bold of a statement too. It better be. <laughs> it better be how it is or I'm in trouble. This needs said too. Believers get sick. Believers get broke sometimes and, and believers get depressed sometimes. That happens. That's true. But there's nothing wrong with believers being healthy and fit. There's nothing wrong with believers having earthly riches, and there's nothing wrong with the believers being happy. It's okay. I like carrot cake. Does that have anything to do with spiritual matters? No, but it tastes delicious, and I like eating it. Did you know that? Lord gave me taste buds. Thank you. I like sailboats. I like fishing. He's ordained that fish to be alive. It could not die. It could not be caught until the day I caught it. That's my fish. And I rejoice him in that. And I physically like fishing. That's okay. It's all right. He said, I leave, peace I leave you. And my peace I give unto you. It's fine. He set us at liberty, hasn't he? Not as the world giveth. The world can't give that. The world can't give that health. It can't give that. Riches, and it can't give that contentment and joy. It, it ain't going to happen. Solomon told us that. It's all vanity. And live long enough. You'll agree with him. That brand new Porsche is going to rust. That new house is going to leak. Uh, babies are going to grow up and cuss you. <laughs> just, family's going to die. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. That's contentment, isn't it? What's contentment declared? Paul said in Philippians 4, I know y'all know this, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. That's what he said, wasn't it? What did I say when we started? You take a dogmatic stand, God's going to prove it to you. That was proven to Paul. King Agrippa caught him. You come up on a carpet, Paul. What have you done? You're imprisoned, in jail. He's a felon. You get that? People's upset with their pastors throughout this country. What if they're sitting in a jail cell because they're a felon? <laughs> you, don't, you don't like them over a rumor and you don't even know what the truth is. You'd be real mad if they're sitting in a jailhouse. Paul declared that in Philippians 4, and then King Agrippa went to him, and he said, you know what? So I declared that, and I've experienced it. He said, King Agrippa... I think myself happy. I'm in prison because I preach Christ. Because I told you he's all. Oops, that's so simple and so dumb. But he is. And that's what I'm going to say. That's a, good, that's a good place. I'm glad to be in prison. We ought to be glad Paul's in prison too. There's a whole bunch of them because his bonds, they wouldn't have nothing to do with him. Oh, well, that's, that's obvious. He's not the Lord's man. He wrote most of the New Testament. He labored more than them all, isn't it? An answered prayer. Back in our text here in Psalm 27. Psalm 28. <clears throat> David asked the Lord to be with him. And he was afraid and he was weak and he was depressed. And then he saw Christ as all. He's our health. He's our wealth. He's our happiness. And all that stuff passed, didn't it? Because we regard our Redeemer. And we pray while we're praying sometimes. You ever start out asking for something and you knew, like you got the answer as you was talking? And that's where you transition to praise, isn't it? Thank you, Lord. You already answered my prayer for us. While I was yet speaking, he heard and he acted on it, didn't he? Here, David's praying while he was praying. Psalm 28, verse 9. Save thy people, 
You've answered everything I've asked for, Lord. And I ask this, save your people. What's that mean? To be washed in the blood of Christ. Take your people, call them out, wash them in Christ's blood, and tell them about it. Send the Holy Spirit to tell them about it. Save my people. What could be healthier? Well, my kids are sick. I want my children saved. My loved ones, my brothers and sisters. You probably want your parents to, to know the Lord. Well, they're sick. But it don't matter if they're sick. They don't know Christ. What about wealth? Well, they're broke. <laughs> they, need, they need to buy groceries. Yeah, you can starve death and know him. You'd be all right. What about joy? They're sad. We gotta, they got to get their countenance back up before they can come to church. If the Lord saves them, that's the answer to everything. That's it. Save thy people, your people, you laid down your life for. And it says, and bless thine inheritance. Bless them, save them, and bless them. Who's his inheritance? We're reading Psalm 2. The father's told the son, he said, I give you the heathen for your inheritance. <laughs> Are you a heathen? <laughs> if you ain't, I got bad news for you. Uh, if you're a heathen, if you're nothing, the Lord saves his people and he blesses his inheritance. Feed them also. Feed them. What are we fed with his word? That's what David started out. Hear me. Speak to me. Well, he spoke to him because he, he regarded him and he praised him and he thanked him and he said, speak to me again. <laughs> I want to hear a word from my wife. I like talking to her. Well, I don't want to hear just one. <laughs> Talk to her today and tomorrow. However long we're together. David said, save thy people, bless thine inheritance, feed them also, and lift them up forever. Lift them up. Give them joy. You're their health, you're their wealth, and you're their joy. And lift them up. That's right now. I hope you're lifted up today. I hope the Lord's, I don't, I don't want to have a, a ministry of condemnation. Uh, those are some condemning that needs to take place. There's some rebuking that needs to take place. I want to have a, a, a ministry of rejoicing. And, and I hope the Lord lifts his people up now and gives them peace now because of him. I want to show you him. Showing you him will do both. I know that. <laughs> Preach Christ, I'll do both of that. I want to show you him that you lift it up. And then that's eternal, isn't it? Lift them up forever. Lord, you're risen. Save your people, bless them, feed them. Has he promised to do all, our great shepherd, has he promised to do all them things? He laid down his life for the sheep. He tells, tells us of him. He feeds us. He'll lift them up forever, eternally. Eternally. That's health, isn't it? That's eternal life. That's wealth. He is our riches. that make you happy? That's a little past happenstance, isn't it? That's contentment and joy. Joy. We will rejoice evermore, he says, isn't it? I hope that was a blessing to you. All right, Brother Mark.